What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Mo back with another episode of Up in Flames. I got my guy, the man with the plan, the prez, the president of the Off the Ball Network is in the building. My guy, Chris. What's going on, Chris? Hey, happy to be back on the show, brother. Always, always good chopping up with you. So I'm excited about this one. Yeah, it's actually been a minute since we've actually been on each other's shows. You know, we've been so busy with all network stuff and, and getting the crew together and, and making sure they pump out stuff. It's like, you know, you, me, Jeff, Steven, we kind of forgot about our relationships and being on the show. So, you know, I felt it was only right to have you on here. So, you know, before we get started, you know, um, shout out to our newest sponsor, Manscaped. Go on manscaped.com. Use either of the promo codes off the ball or up in flames to get you 20% off plus free shipping. Once again, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code up in flames or off the ball to get you 20% off plus free shipping. Trust me, your balls will thank you and you won't regret it. Now, moving off the ball with Manscaped. I mean, it's yep. just the perfect partnership, man. It, it really is. Get 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 the hair <laughs> off the balls by using off the ball at offtheballnetwork.com. But now, nah, you know, so, you know, let's just jump right into it. Um, there's been a lot of trades within football and basketball. So obviously we're going to start with football, you know, because it's really one big trade I want to talk about. And that's San Francisco moving up to the number three spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly, I think that's a sign personally that they're going to take a quarterback. I don't think there's a player in the draft outside of a quarterback that I move to number three to get. Now, maybe I move up come draft time, but to make this trade so early, I think, you know, and they're talking about Jimmy G is their guy, but at number three, you're guaranteed one of Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance. So what was your initial thoughts with that trade? And who, who to you won the trade between the Dolphins and the 49ers? I mean, the trade, it, like you said, it kind of smells like they're in the quarterback business. Like like you said, there's no one, there's no tackle, pass rusher. Like, I know Penesel is, is really good, but do you, is he trade up to three good? Like, there's no pass rusher. I mean, you, you trade up to get a premium player at a premium position. Mm-hmm. Panay might be, but I, I don't know what they would do all that just to move up to three for, for Sewell. There's not a real – I mean, it's a good pass rusher, but there's no one at three where you're like, you know, there's there's no, um, there's no like, clowny-type player, you know, in this draft where you're like, you got to move up, you know, um, and, and, and something like that. So, to me, it's quarterback. I don't know if they're all in on Jimmy G. It just doesn't. And, and we've heard the rumors for years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they've been on Cousins. I mean, they were in on Brady. Uh, like, they're in on a lot of quarterbacks. You know, so they're not in on Jimmy Stafford. G. Yeah, Stafford. Like, they've been in on a lot of quarterbacks. And to me, this this just signals that, yeah, they're going to say – they're obviously not going to say they're – you know, they're not going to try to diminish an asset in Jimmy G and say, oh, well, he's not our guy. They're going to say he's his guy. Of course, you don't diminish an asset you know, a potential, you know, we can get potential, you know, picks for him. So it makes sense. I, to me, that means they're all in on a quarterback at three, um, whether which quarterback that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, cause obviously, you know, we have to see what the jets are doing because we know Jacksonville is taking Lawrence, right. That's mm-hmm. pretty much locked, sealed, delivered, signed. That's all but done. Starts at two. The draft starts at two. What do the jets do? I think the jets are going to take a quarterback. I think it is. Uh, I think it's, you know, they didn't draft, Sam Darnold, right? It's not their guy. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Douglas, that's not his guy. You know, so they're going to want to start fresh with their own guy. 
And to me, Zach Wilson is to me is the pick. So that leaves the 49ers if they're all in on your guy, Justin Fields, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, and Trey Lance is another. We've seen him, you know, shoot. <laughs> yeah. you know, that pro day was I watched that pro day. And listen, it's a pro day. It's, you know, you shouldn't get you shouldn't get too excited about pro days because it's it's scripted, right? It's a scripted. Yeah. It's supposed to it's you're supposed to do good in a pro day, right? Especially when it's an enclosed environment indoors, you should kill it. But you see the tools and you just yeah. fall in love with the tools because he's he's chiseled, he's he's what you want in a quarterback. He has the arm, everything, right? The mobility, everything, you know, there's things he has to work on, but you fall in love with that. And teams always fall in love with, you know, all those things. So for me, I think, you know, whether it's Fields or it's Lance, I think it's a quarterback, no doubt, at three. You don't make this move up to three to not take a quarterback. So, to me, the 49ers, you hear the buzz from other teams trying to trade up to maybe get Lance or, or Fields. To me, they just said, let's just do it. And um, it, it's it's tough to see who won the trade because, obviously, we got to wait years before we see that if who wins this trade. But um, right. if, if you're the Niners, listen, they win the Super Bowl two years ago. You know, they were up 10 in the Super Bowl. You know, their quarterback play is the reason why they're not holding up a six Lombardi. So mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how do we capitalize on all this talent we still have and just get some consistent play from the quarterback. So I think this is a good move for the 49ers. And, you know, this can help boost their chances to see if they can get back to Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. That's kind of my thing is, you know, they're trying to convince the world that Jimmy G is their guy. But ultimately, either you're finding his replacement when his contract ends in, what, I think two years. He has, like, two years left on his deal. So no matter what, I think you're finding his replacement. I don't know if if they go Fields or Lance or Wilson, if the Jets don't go quarterback. You know, there's so many things that could happen. But we know I pretty much think they're going to get one of which Fields, Lance, or Wilson, whoever's available and who they love. I think, you know, it's crazy that, you know, coming into last college football season, Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence were like neck and neck. Like Trevor Lawrence was one A, Justin Fields was one B. But it was like if we see a breakout performance by Justin Fields, he could highly be considered, you know, the best quarterback in his draft. And it could be, you know, especially you look at if he would have performed the way we thought he would have. Urban Meyer, you know, a former Ohio State coach, even though he didn't coach Justin Fields, former Ohio State coach, his guy Ryan Day was his head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you would see a lot of ties there. And there's still people who are trying to, you know, speculate. What if Urban Meyer goes Justin Fields? I don't think that's going to happen. It would just – my no. thing is it would be stupid. Not I think Justin Fields could be the best quarterback in this draft. But you can't take that chance on getting a once-in-a-blue-moon prospect <laughs> – banking on Justin Fields being the star that you expect him to be exactly. if Trevor Lawrence goes anywhere else and becomes a Hall of Famer and Justin Fields doesn't. Now you're getting fired. You know, by year two or year three, you don't make it to year three as a head coach if you make that move. And in two years, we're looking at a quarterback with a fresh start. Jacksonville made some moves where you could tell they're trying to put some talent, nothing crazy, but they made moves where, like, we have a lot of draft picks or some draft capital Added Marvin Jones Jr., not a great, you know, addition, but good enough that when they get Trevor Lawrence and they have another pick in the first round, there's so many ways they could go. So I like what Jacksonville's doing. Obviously, Urban Meyer is definitely, I think he's going to upgrade. Players will want to play for him. So you could see Jacksonville make some noise in the next couple years, but it always comes down to the draft. And then with the Dolphins in this trade, I think 
looking right now before a prospect is drafted, but you look at the potential of their future, the Dolphins won the trade by trading back. Realistically, they didn't need the number three pick. Like, they had it, and they could have got the best player available at number three, whether it was Jamar Chase or they wanted to go Sewell or Rashawn Slater. There's so many ways they could have. But the value, the value at that three wouldn't have been worth it. So for them to exactly. trade down and, you know, for a team that needs a quarterback, that's why it's always good. It's always, you know, if you're a team that just happens to get a top five pick and, and you already have a quarterback, that you're, you're in, you're, you're, old, you're, 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 all these deals, every team's going to come after you, and then you can just pick the best deal because you know teams yep. need a quarterback. So you're just sitting pretty, and you could just accumulate more picks, and they've already accumulated a, a bunch of picks. Exactly. You know? They have you know, they have two first-round picks this year. They have Houston's they, pick, right? Yeah, they have Houston's pick, which was number three, and then they number had their three, pick, yeah, I yeah. think it was like 18. So they moved back to 12, but then I think there's a guy they really look at because they moved back to six. Like they jumped back to 12 and then traded back in with Philly, Mm-hmm. to get the number six pick and they gave up one of their first round picks over the, one either 2022 or 2023 but at the same time they have two first round picks and you look at a team like Miami they don't have a lot of holes you know we look at Miami and we we look they could use another tackle or they could use another receiver outside of that they have like everything else would be like in a linebacker but you could find out, you know, I feel like they could find yeah, a linebacker, linebacker in the yeah. second or third Especially round. in today's football. And you, I was just, yeah. it's crazy that you bring up linebacker, not to cut you off, but like the, the way linebackers were just 10 years ago where you needed three of them, right? You needed a Will, yeah. you needed a Mike, you needed a Sam. Now you just need two. And your third mm-hmm. is your, essentially your core is your nickel. Like you need exactly. a good nickel. Like, so like getting corners is very important. So you only need two linebackers. So you could find you know, you could find a scheme fit linebacker in the later round. So that's not like a crazy need. But if like a Micah Parsons there, it's hard to pass up on a guy like him. Right. And that's why I say is like, you know, at six, it's very possible picks one through four is quarterback. So Mm -hmm. at six, they might have, you know, you look at the Bengals with, you know, the fifth pick and they have T Higgins, they have Boyd. They not they're probably not gonna go receiver. They're they gonna need go to tackle. protect yeah, they need to protect <laughs> need to the guy that they invested in with the number one pick who ended up getting hurt. You have to protect your quarterback of the future. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody in the world who questions whether Joe Burrow has the talent to be a franchise quarterback right now. We're not questioning him like we're questioning Tua, where you know we know Miami needs to put weapons around him and give him, you know, another shot. With Joe Burrow, it's just Cincinnati needs to protect him. He's going to do what he's going to do. You know, I think he would have won rookie of the year had he have not gotten hurt. And he just, looked it good. would have been a battle with Justin he Herbert, but so he would have won rookie of the year being the number one pick. He looked very well worthy of being the first pick in the draft. And there was a lot of questions about him coming in as far as, you know, he had the one hit wonder season. His Is age. he really going to be that guy? Yeah. You had Tua. You know, yeah, and he was, what, 24, 23, 24? He's going to turn 24 this season, so he's one of the older, you know, first Yeah, and then you had Tua, who did what he did in Alabama for, you know, once he made that pass in the national championship, he was a household name. Joe Burrow lost out in the starting job to Ohio State, had a rough, you know, first year in LSU, and then comes and wins the national championship. It has, like, the greatest season we've ever seen from a college quarterback. I think it's the best. Yeah, it, it is. Like, I, you know, I say one of just because leave for debate in case somebody does. But to me, it, it was no, the greatest the best. season, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it was almost the greatest season we've ever seen from a college, like period, at least offensively. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at when we look at what the hurricane, some of the greatest teams of all time, you look at the hurricanes, they were so dominant defensively, mm-hmm. but LSU was so dominant Offense, offensively. Yeah. They had what, that three off- a thousand yard receivers. 
you know, Jamar Chase had 1,800 yards, Justin Jefferson. And you look at where these guys are getting drafted. You look at the production mm-hmm. and the products of where they go in the NFL. You know, Justin Jefferson was the best rookie wide receiver. So, you know, there's so many things. Jamar Chase is expected to be the best wide receiver coming into this class, you know, um, this year. So I just think LSU, you know, had, had did a lot with that. And Joe Burrow was actually – he went into Cincinnati with some talent. That's the thing. He had A.J. Green. He had Boyd. They drafted T. Higgins with the first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second round. So they did put some talent around him. He didn't go into your normal situation where, you know, oh, we have no talent. We have no receivers. He actually had a little bit of talent. He just had no product, uh, no protection. He had Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard at running back. Like they, they did their due diligence of having a little enough talent for a rookie quarterback to succeed. Like he wouldn't just hit the ground in the wall, but obviously, you know, protection is the biggest key. So, that's why I think Miami won the trade train back in the six, because if they really in love with a receiver, I think all receivers will be there at number six. That's just based on what I'm hearing about quarterbacks. So before we move on, there's just been a little bit of talk, a little bit of, you know, what you called before the show smoke screen is that Matt Jones might be the guy for San Francisco. Like before we move on to the NBA, what do you have to say? Like if San Francisco drafts Matt Jones, what, what, what will be your thought process? I mean, like Mac Jones at three would be, that's like, wow. Like, I, I listen, I know people are going to look at him and like kind of, he was a product of the system, right? Like mm-hmm. that's been the thing with him is he's the product of the system. He's, you know, all of Jalen Waddle and, and, and every, all the talent he has around him, you know, but you know, at three is rich. That's, that's, you know, we've been hearing him like what mid mid to late twenties, mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, teens in that teens to mid late twenties. Three is rich. They must they must see something in him that no one else sees that to take him at three to pass up on, you know, Lance and Fields and all that. So to me, that's that's. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of crazy, but. We've seen a lot of crazy. I mean, listen, Mr. Trubisky went number two a couple of years ago, and you know that was crazy. And you know, but some teams just have. We we think the consensus is you know it, it's Lawrence, it's it's Wilson, it's Fields, it's Lance. But mm-hmm. teams can have a whole different board. Like they can, they might think Mac Jones is two, for all we yeah. know, you know. So it, you know. I, I wouldn't that, – that wouldn't be my way I would go. You know, I think Mac Jones is better than we think. You know, I think he's he's shown some stuff. Like, he's not super mobile, but he can move a little bit. He has He's very accurate, which is another thing. You know, his yeah. arm strength is better than we thought. But to take him at three, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ballsy. That's ballsy for sure. Yeah, so, I think I my know. take on it – my take on it is if they go Mac Jones, I think they think Joe Burrow. Like – what Joe Burrow did in one year, you know, I think Matt Jones didn't have as great a season as Joe Burrow, but he had a Heisman winning season. Like if, if Devontae Smith, obviously his wide receiver didn't go so crazy. Like if Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith were so talented. That helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, if they weren't so talented, you, we, we're not used to seeing, you know, wide receivers win the Heisman. You know, we don't really see not a lot of running backs win the Heisman. You have a few more often than receivers, but it's typically quarterbacks. Like, so yeah. that's my thing is Matt Jones was in the conversation 
at Heisman. He showed up. He was there. But obviously, he didn't win. So I think they're thinking like a Joe Burrow, like, man, everything he did this year. And then, you know, if we get him in Atlanta, like if we get him in San Francisco, they have some talent. You know, the same situation with Joe Burrow. Obviously, he's not as mobile as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is just that guy. But they look at it like we have a Debo Samuel. We got a good run game. We have a really good defense. San Francisco ideally would be a great destination for any of these quarterbacks, like for mm-hmm. Fields, for Lance, for Matt Jones, for Zach Wilson, because you look at, like you said, two years ago, this was a Super Bowl team. They're only picking right here. They had the number 12 pick. They're only picking right here because they traded up, but then injuries. You know, they lost Nick Bosa for the majority of the season. They lost they Jimmy a lot Garoppolo. Of injuries, for majority. Yeah, they had, so injury bug hit them. But the talent, you know, fully healthy coming into the season, San Francisco going to be competitive. You know, it could be a playoff team this year. So if they look at, we grab a quarterback, and if anything, he sits a year, learns the system. You know, if Mac Jones is the guy they feel like would be best fit for their system, and you safer. know, it's that old school West Coast office, it would be a safer pick. Yeah, then, I, you know, I, I could, I would understand it. I would think it's crazy. I don't think, you know, he should be picked over. Justin Fields. I understand the Trey Lance. Like, I'd pick him over Trey Lance because of the big-time football Mac Jones has played as opposed to Trey Lance only played one game last year. He played at NDSU. I understand they are a top D2 school but or Division I AA, but at the same time, it's still he hasn't played high-power competition. You look at his numbers, he's not experienced at all. Like, he doesn't have, like, Trey Lance doesn't have a lot of experience throwing the ball one season, yeah, 18 yeah. passes per game when he was throwing the ball. So, I mean, I could understand that. That's that's what gets you is fields over Wilson. He plays big-time football. He plays in the Big Ten. He, he had a high performance against Clemson where when Zach Wilson got put on notice and was able to have that nationally televised game, yeah, he didn't go through. They didn't win. He You know, this was the time to see him play the biggest game of his career. I Justin guess Fields say. in San Francisco would, to me, just makes per- it would be a perfect fit for Justin Fields. Like, like it just makes too much sense. It makes I mean, so and much the sense. The fact that he could sit out for at least half a season, like you think, you know, you would think at about week eight is where they'll start close to the trade deadline is where they'll start mm-hmm. looking at Jimmy G and be like, you know what, we're gonna get Fields some reps if we're losing anyway, and we're gonna get our, you know, our future quarterback rolling. Or he just sits out the whole first year because you do have that luxury. Jimmy G is a good enough quarterback that, I mean, he took you to, he was the quarterback going to the Super Bowl. Like you said, he wasn't good enough to win the Super Bowl because if he was, they win that Super Bowl instead of Kansas City. But he's good enough to get you there. He can manage the game for you to win games with as good as your defense is. So, and Kyle Shanahan, obviously, he's a really good coach all the way until the Super Bowl. You know, then he kind of disappears as a coach. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just think Justin Fields fits there. I guess, you know, I think Zach Wilson fits there if the Jets pass on him. And I think if the Jets pass on Wilson, that makes the number two or it's, the number three that's where it gets a lot interesting. tougher. Because now I'm, am I going Wilson? Am I going Fields? And now you're going to start seeing teams, they might want to move up to that number four spot. I mean, I think if the Jets don't take a quarterback, they move back. Because it they only makes to. sense. It, Let me it, get it, value. Exactly. It like, doesn't make sense for them to stay like stay at two and take a tackle when you already have Makai Becton at left tackle. So to me, you're going to draft Sewell. Let's say they take Sewell, right? Because that would be the to me that would be the pick if there yeah. was the pick. You're going to put him at right. You're going to draft a right tackle yeah. at the number two pick. Like 
why not trade a, down? This is a heavily loaded draft. Yeah, and you can get like, you, you can so get it. Yeah, you can get a Slater late. Like there's guys you can get on the dude from Michigan. I like you know, so it wouldn't make sense to me. The Jets have to take a quarterback. It's like or trade have, back or trade back. To me, it's either or. Like if you stay at two and you take a tackle, that doesn't make sense. Like I know, yeah, you want bookend tackles, blah blah blah, but you don't take a right tackle at two. You could find a right tackle in the in the in the end of the first round or second round. Like to me, the value of taking a right tackle, unless you plan on putting Beckton at right and you mm-hmm. want Sewell at left, but you know Beckton was pretty good at left tackle last year. So why would yeah. you do that? It doesn't make sense. So for the Jets, to me. And you need help Why everywhere. You, and you need like, help everywhere. But like like I said, Darnold has – listen, I was a big Darnold guy coming out. I still think he could be good. He has not been – has not had a lot of pieces around him. The infrastructure of the Jets have been – it's been awful, right? They did the opposite of giving him assets. They they took away all his pieces and made, it made him worse. But you have to – to me, you have to take the court. You have to keep – listen, you have to keep taking a quarterback until you get right. Like yeah. the Cardinals did that. And, and I look back now, I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? But it's like, if you don't think, if you think Rosen's not the guy and you have the number one pick and, and you have the quarterback right there that you want, you go take him. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to take. So for the Jets, yeah, I mean, the Darnold is, won't we as, his value is not as as high as it would be, but. You have to go take a quarterback at two. Like you, you can't. It's like with the Giants, and we could talk about the Giants. Like when they did that, like I don't get why I didn't take the quarterback at two. To me, the value is like a value. The running back at, at number two doesn't make sense. Yeah. The va- it's all about value. Or you can't. It's all you have to take premium positions: quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher. There's no pass rusher really. There's maybe a left tackle, but you already have one, so that leaves one position. And that position right now is in flux. Right? You don't know if Darnold's the guy. So if you don't think he's the guy, if you have questions that he's not the guy. Go get the guy that you think because they, they they're gonna fall in love with Wilson. Yeah, you know you Zach Wilson. Both of our teams, you know? they like both of our teams. Like you speaking of value, we both have a player that we could have had. You know the Giants, they went Saquon Barkley, could have went quarterback. As much as you know, I love Ohio State. I love Zeke, but as much as I love Zeke, we could have had Jalen Ramsey. So mm-hmm. now you're looking at, you know, the best cornerback in the a game. Better value took, too. Yeah, we took a running back, and Zeke has been great up to what last year is kind of like now it's looking like, but still Jalen Ramsey has been like the best corner in the game. One of the three best corners in the game. He could play a lot longer. He could play long. He exactly. Play for an, like so, Zeke might be done in a few years where Ramsey is still entering. Is not his prime? And Zeke might be on the downfall from what we seen last year. If he doesn't pick it up this year, he might he get be cut. on the downfall and his career be over. He can get cut. Like, yeah, exactly. And so that's my thing is we fell victim to the high value pick. But, you know, speaking of trades, you know, I wanted to cover this with the basketball guy, the NBA trade deadline. There were so many league-shaking moves that were made and that were not made that was a surprise to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first one I want to start with is, to me, the biggest trade of the trade deadline, and that's Vucevic to the Bulls. Now, the reason why, to me, that's the biggest trade because I think he was the best player traded, obviously. I mean, we're talking about, well, he was the only all-star this year that got traded. He teams up with Zach Levine. You look at what the Bulls gave up. They were able to keep marking in who we thought was going to be on his way out. And they gave up Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter and two first-round picks. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at the, the, the trend that the Bulls are going, 
and adding Vucevic, those first round picks could won't probably won't be lottery picks, especially with the addition of Vucevic. I expect them to to make the playoffs this year. I expect them to start rising and you know getting Zach Levine, getting Vucevic, give them a couple games to get in, get a little bit of chemistry yeah. going. But I expect them to get going. Two first round picks for an all star player, and then two of my guys that I would look at buying out at this point. You know, in a week from the trade deadline, anyway. I feel like they got Vucevic for nothing. Like, in my eyes, they got an all-star player for nothing. So, were you surprised that he went to the Bulls and what the package was for? Because I felt like I felt like Vucevic wasn't going to get traded. And then Orlando for gold for, like, a fire sale. I felt like they could have got a lot more than what they got for Vucevic. So, I think Bulls got him at a steal price. And it just makes me wonder, what were other teams offering that they weren't able to get their hands on Vucevic and the Bulls did? Uh, the Vucevic, it was shocking a little bit. I thought maybe they would hold on to him and uh, till the off season because you we all heard like it was Evan Fournier was on the block, it was um, Terrence Ross was on the block, and then obviously Aaron Gordon requested a trade. And you didn't really hear much about Vooch, like a little bit, but nothing as significant as the other three guys that you heard that they were definitely going to get moved, you know, yeah. then Terrence Ross didn't get moved. and you know, but um, for Chicago, it shows that they're they believe in Zach, that Zach can be the face of the franchise and be and help them get to that you know to the playoffs. And yeah. they're not too far back. I think they're only. I know they uh they had a bad loss um what yesterday or two nights ago. They uh yeah. they got they got they got a uh, handle to them, but they're still trying to figure it out. And you know how when you add a new player, especially a player like Vooch. You know, it changes. You know your your uh, your offense a little bit, but for me, it shows Chicago's all in, and they were they were in on Lonzo too. I heard they were they want they were trying to get Lonzo too, so that would have been another significant move mm-hmm. to get Lonzo Ball. But it shows that they they want to win. <laughs> you know, they they the East is there to. You know, you look at the the seeding right now, and you know after the first three teams, it's a it's wide open. Atlanta is at four. Fight. Yeah, Atlanta's, I think, is at four. The Knicks are at five. Like, it's a, it's so close. I think between four and 12 is like two, three games, you know, difference. So yeah. it's there. Like, you can go from being the 10th seed, 11th seed, to being a four seed just with a nice little win streak. Yeah. So it shows that they want to win and they're buying in. And, you know, as much as we think, you know, Chicago is a big market, this guy's not going to go – there's not guys that are uh, going to be fleeing to Chicago and, and the free agent market, like we've seen has it went from being one of the most coveted free agents seasons. to now it's, you know, everyone's, you know, Kawhi right now would be the only free agent of significance. And there's pretty much a shot that he's going to go back to the Clippers. Right. So you have to do this stuff. You know, you have to do trade. You have to make trades and, you know, the value they got for Vooch was, was definitely worth it. And, you know, once they figure out the chemistry, I think they'll be fine. You know, um, Wendell Carter, I know people were really high on him in Chicago a few years ago, but he just – he hasn't – he's been the same player. He's plateaued, you know. Right. I don't know how much better he can get, you know. So to upgrade him and get Vooch, that's a, that's, that's a good thing for Chicago. So it's going to take them a few games to get adjusted, but once they get going, that, that's a – you know they're going to be dangerous in, if they get in that play-in game, which right now I think they're ten. So that's going to be, they're going to do some damage. So Zach's played at a high level this year, All Star. 
So um, definitely a good pickup by them to get Vooch because he's a he's a stud. Yeah, I think you know I think he's a game changer, and that's why I say shake up the Eastern Conference. Like I think you know shake up the NBA. That's one of the moves is you look at like you said from four to twelve in the Eastern Conference in a week. You know you could see Atlanta at seven. The Heat in what five days dropped from mm-hmm. four to eight. In like five days, a three-game losing streak puts them in eighth place. A three-game win streak could put them at fourth place. It's that close in the Eastern Conference. And if you're that confident, as Zach Levine, if you feel like you have a play-in type of team right now that can make it to the play-in game, why would I not upgrade and get an all-star center who, you know, I felt like he was worth more than what they gave up for him. So that just kind of made me wonder, did other teams really know Vooch was out there for the taking? Because I feel like, you know, there would have been a lot more teams that would have been in on him and probably could have offered better had they have really known. Because like you said, it was really quiet. It was more speculation of of analysts and and fans saying that Vucevic needs to get out of Orlando. Kind of like, you know, we've been talking about free Vooch and free Bradley Bill all year. You know, we felt like those are two guys who are too good to be in their losing situations that they're in. So I think it was more so the speculation was the fans. And then, like, Orlando never really gave no, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get rid of Vooch. We're putting him on the trade block. Best offer wins. Mm -hmm. It just was, you know, that was like the start of the trade deadline was trade deadline day. You know, you had a late night move that was real small time with DeLon Wright going to uh, Sacramento. And then it's like you wake up. Your day starts and boom, smacking on the table. Here it is. Woj, Woj bomb, you know, and shout out to Woj because he outdid, you know, Shams <laughs> in the trade deadline stuff. It he was more, you know, Shams was a little bit. You you made the comparison. Woj was Brady. Shams was Patrick Mahomes. You still not beat, you know, old school versus new school. Old exactly, school still yeah. wins. So, you know, but, you know, that he dropped that bomb. And that's when we knew the trade deadline is alive today. This is not going to be the only move. We, we didn't know if it'd be the biggest move, but we knew, like, okay, more moves are to come. So before I get into my guy, I want to get into a guy who wasn't traded, Kyle Lowry. Are you surprised that Kyle Lowry did not get moved? At first, I was really surprised he wasn't moved until you just figure out that Masai had to have been asking for way too much. Like, to me, all the signs were pointing towards him getting traded. Mm-hmm. And... And that's so expected. Like people saying Kyle Lowry expects to get traded and all that. And he even felt like he was gonna get yeah, traded. Like I mean, in they, interviews, they, he thought, like, I'm gonna retire a Raptor, but I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be a Raptor right now. Yeah, and it just made sense. You know, they what they lost like eight in a row not too long ago. Like they were on a losing yep. streak. They're you know, they're you know, Pascal hasn't lived up to that few years ago where he was all, you know, all NBA, what, second team? Yeah, you know, obviously no Kawhi. You know, you know, it's the team's a little different, a lot different than when they were when they won the championship. Mm-hmm. And you felt like, all right, Kyle can get something value. You know, if we can get rid of Kyle and get some value for him, he's a free agent. You know, he's unrestricted. They can get some for him. I just think Masai acts for way too much. He must, like, and you heard the Philly stuff. It was like Maxi, Danny Green, a first. And maybe Matisse Dybul, and it's like that's a lot to give up for a player who's 35. Yes, he's a valuable player. He's a he could be a key contributor to maybe help Philly, you know, win a championship. But at what risk? Like you might lose him in free agency. He might 
he might go somewhere else and you just lost out on, you know, Matisse Thybul is a really good defender. Mm-hmm. You know, Maxi has a lot of potential. Like, you know, I know it's potential, yeah. but, you know, and then giving up a picks, you know, for a guy for half a season, that's a lot. So I think, I think, um, in my opinion, that Masai acts for too much, way too much, and no team budged. And to me, you know, if he loses Kyle this offseason, which is a possibility, because they got Fred Van Vliet there, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, OG, they got OG Ananobe, you know, they got, you know, they're, they're going to be looking forward to the future, you know, try to mm-hmm. build, you know, rebuild, re- you know, retool this team, you know, not a full rebuild, but retool this team so they can get a little bit younger and, uh, you know, continue to compete because they, like I said, the East is, is there to still be taken. I, I didn't get it. I think I say I think Masai got a little too greedy. Like he pulled the Danny Ainge and just got a little too greedy. Yeah, and it didn't happen because to me that was I thought that was he was definitely gone. Where it was Philly, Miami, L.A. You heard the Lakers were, but the, he probably the axing price was probably too much because or else he would have been dealt. But it, it, that was really shocking that that he got dealt. Like like it, I I don't get it. I don't get it from Masai's point. But maybe he's they still thinks that they can make a run. I don't know. <laughs> to me, I don't think Toronto is going to make a run. I think they got to figure things out and get a little younger. But, you know, maybe Masai thinks different or he just asked for way too much. And I think that's what it was. It's the latter. Like he acts for way too much. And for a guy who's 35, come on, you, you can't you can't do stuff like that. You know, and that's I think the same thing. I look at, you know, why the Heat didn't get a deal done. And it was they wanted Tyler Hero. I look at why the Lakers didn't get a deal done. They wanted Horton Tucker. Now, the confusion for me with the package that the Lakers have offered, I don't understand the offering of Dennis Schroeder for Kyle Lowry. Like, I, I could Kyle Lowry be more contri- contribute more to a championship team? Yeah, he has that championship pedigree. He's won a championship. He's been competitive in the playoffs. You know, even when him and DeRozan were a duo, they were really good in the Easter Conference, compete, but they just kept running into that LeBron James wall. And I felt like, you know, had LeBron not been in the Easter Conference, the Raptors either A, could have won a championship already, or B, at least have made a finals appearance before Kawhi. They would have got to the finals at least, yeah. Because they were better than pretty much everybody but Cleveland. And even going into the, you know, the the into the playoffs, the Raptors had a better record. Typically, they were the best team in the Easter Conference. Mm-hmm. So, but they just couldn't get over that hump. Like, LeBron was their kryptonite. So... But for me, like the Lakers, I thought were ridiculous for even putting Schroeder on the table for Kyle Lowry. We're talking about a guy who's 26, 27 years old to trade for a guy for half a season that's 35. Now, I understand to me with the Lakers putting Schroeder on the table might indicate that they don't have plans on keeping Schroeder after this season. I know he's going to be a free agent, but I think with them willing to trade him, that throws out there that they don't see signing him an extension. I know he's been preaching about him wanting to continue to be in L.A., but, you know, they were willing to trade him. It was Horton Tucker was the reason why the deal didn't get done, and I felt like for the Lakers, that would have been a stupid trade anyway to give up any type of depth when LeBron and A.D. are out. Kyle Lowry was not going to come and help you win games until LeBron and A.D. got back anyway. And even, you know, we'll we'll talk about it later, but with the addition of projected other players that they were looking at at the time, you know, I just, Kyle Lowry giving up my depth right now when I'm, my, both my stars are injured for a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry is not going to get me to the playoffs. It's not going to 
get me a five or six seed. I'd be like an eighth seed, you know, looking at possibly a play-in game if I'm the Lakers, depending mm -hmm. on how much time LeBron and AD continue to miss. You know, LeBron still might have another week and uh, two, two and a half, three weeks left of not playing games. Yeah, he's, so, that high ankle sprain, that could be lingering. It, lingers, could, it could yeah. linger into the playoffs, even though we've seen LeBron. Like, he comes back and he plays. He might be 90%, not 100%. And you look at some of these teams and, like, it's tough. It is tough this year. The bubble is not going to happen. You know, you are going to be traveling. We get it. LeBron, you know, and maybe LeBron's going to sit as long as possible, be as healthy as possible, get as much rest, because LeBron doesn't really care about being first place in the West at this point. LeBron cares nah. about it's, it's about winning championships. And I think in his head, he looks at what the Lakers have, and it's like, look, you know, and he, know, he knew – you know, LeBron helps make decisions. And I feel like LeBron even looked and like, look, the buyout market going to be real interesting. There's going to be some players out there that could really help us. Why give up our depth? I like what we have. Me and AD healthy. I love what we have. And we could add one of these guys at a veteran's minimum. It's no point in giving up any of our depth because we're mm -hmm. going to need it. He's looking at the Clippers making a move for Rondo. He's looking at how, you know, in the Easter Conference, how deep the Nets are. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But he's just looking at all these championship contender teams, and he likes them, but he's also seeing they're getting deeper. They're improving. We can improve in the buyout market. It's not going to be hard to get certain guys to come here. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, Miami, you know, speaking of trades, Miami gets Oladipo. I felt like they pretty much got him for nothing. I mean, Olenek was a contributor. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, Avery Bradley, he's been hurt all year. Like, we thought yeah. he was going to be a great addition and be that replacement for Jay Crowder. He's been hurt all year. So, he's really, you know, what we gave, when we gave up Avery Bradley, I'm like, okay, whatever. He hasn't been playing all year anyway. So, we yeah. just gave up an extra roster spot. But to get Oladipo, now, I know a lot of people question whether Oladipo and his game and his work ethic fits the Heat culture. But we have, what, half a season and a playoff run to figure that out. Because he's going to be looking for an extension. Oladipo's 28, 29 years old. I think he's you know, 29. Look, yeah, 29. You look, so he's not even 30 yet. He, he's had some injury history. But you look at Miami and you look at, okay, the starting five could be none. Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam. And uh, I don't even know who our center would be. But you you just look at, you know, Precious, Achua. Like, you just look at what they could do. And Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, they both can play defense. They both can score the ball. You know, Goran Dragic coming off the bench being a point guard. I think Miami is now – they have to win some games because they've been on a bad losing streak. They've lost, like, five in a row? Like, five, six Yeah, in a row, like, four yeah. or five in a row. It's actually been pretty bad to watch, especially losing to the Hornets. No LaMelo ball. You have Jimmy Malik Butler Mon playing. Malik Monk went off. <laughs> yeah, you're da you were down 30 at one point. You end up losing by five, so it's a great comeback, but – you were down 30 to a team without LaMelo Ball, you know, mm -hmm. without their best player, essentially. And you let a guy who's kind of had an inconsistent but up outbreak season, in a sense. Malik Monk kind of has finally put his name on the map and is starting to look like the player that we kind of seen coming out of college. So hopefully he could keep that up because I was really high on Malik Monk. You know, Yeah, I was very high. I liked the, I felt Malik like he Monk might have been the best player in the draft that year, to be honest. I felt like he could have went number one. Over faults in line, you know, I, I felt like he was better than them coming out of college because he just was a bucket getter. He's just one of those dudes that, like, he's just a bucket and, like, he doesn't do a lot of other stuff, but he's just one of those dudes that can get a bucket on anyone. He's and, a Lou Williams. Like, yeah, you know, he's like Lou Will can score on anyone in the league, 
but you know he's bounced around a lot because he's very limited on what else he can do like he's exactly. not you know passing all that and that's going to be malik monk he's going to be in the league for 15 years he's going to bounce around but he's going to be a six man of the year possibly you know down yeah. the line but you know my your my miami is they're going to have to play small they're going to have to play really small i mean if you look at the lineup they put out yesterday i mean i know oladipo is still out but ariza butler Adebayo, duncan robinson and none i mean I know Tyler Hero, I and mean, even if you have Tyler Hero, you know, back, you know, um, and he played, uh, came off the bench, but that's still a small team. You guys yeah. are very, you know, you guys are very small, and I think not having that size just out of bio essentially is your size. You know, it's that's going to be tough. You know, um, but it's um, maybe hurt. with looking hurt. at the top three teams, I look at Milwaukee, I look at Philly, and now I look at Brooklyn. You know. Um, in their size, like Brooklyn, even though they had their big three with KD Harden, they felt like they didn't have the size. And, you know, we could transition into the buyout market because mm-hmm. this is where the NBA gets really good with some, you know, there's there were some groundbreaking moves. You know, they got Blake Griffin. Then, you know, you know, the move I want to talk about, they go pick up LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I think is ridiculous. Now, granted, I, I don't blame LaMarcus Aldridge, but you know, before we really get into it, I want to. I don't know if you've seen what a source, like one somebody inside his camp, said was to believed why he didn't pick Miami. Because everybody, it was a really clear cut. Everybody thought Miami was his number one choice. Yes, he was going to entertain. He entertained talks with the Lakers, the Celtics, the Nets, and uh, in Miami. Those were the teams he talked to. Miami was like his number one preferred destination. We were talking about trading for him when we knew the Spurs were going to move on from him in trades. Looked like, you know, that they weren't going to get much, so they knew they were going to buy him out. Miami was the lead contender for him. But then, I guess with the most recent losing streak, and he looked, he said he looked at the Nets, and he looked at Miami's most recent losing streak, and he felt like Brooklyn was in better position to win. To me, I understand we're in a ring-chasing era, but... That he just threw how uncompetitive he is out there. Miami is on a losing streak right now, and instead of looking at it like I could be the difference, you look at the trade for Oladipo. You add me on that team, whether I'm coming off the bench or I'm starting alongside Bam Adebayo. Like I could make this team really competitive, and we could make some noise in the East. Nah, I'd rather just go to the team that looks like they're more clear cut, ready for championship. And you know, Miami struggled, and they did go to the NBA finals last year, and they do look like they could be fluke. You know, that run could be fluke. And I've said, I'm not saying fluke, but I do think they were the team that benefited the most from the bubble. When you just look at style of play, dialed in the culture, Pat Riley was going to have, you know, all the people that despise the bubble. You didn't hear a peep from anybody out of Miami. They just went out there and played ball, whatever. You know, if they had the problems, it stayed in house. It's just the heat culture. Just go out there and play ball. No fans, no traveling. They were a bad away team. So every factor that would have took Miami out of a chance of getting to play for a championship got taken out. And then just the emergence of obviously Jimmy Butler, you know, the process was a little bit faster than we thought. We were expecting to get Jimmy, be able to convince Giannis to come in the offseason after this season. Like, we were building for next year. We go to the finals. We're ahead of schedule. So then we now, you know, in your Miami, you are a good destination for free agents. We missed out on some. But even still, like, you're a good destination for free agents. Guys will go to South Beach. So now you look at Aldridge saying that. What do you think that says about some of these guys in the NBA today? Um, it says that they just want to win championship. Like for guys like LaMarcus, 
he's 35 years old. Yeah. You know, Blake is in his 30s. They just want to win. And just finding that, you know, I know we, we get a lot on people for, you know, ring chasing and building these super teams. But I think people look at the names of Blake Griffin and LaMarcus and think, oh, like the Nets got those. And I think it's they're not the, there's not those they're not the all star players that we're thinking about from previous years. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're still but, contributors, I mean, but it's... they are the fourth and they're arguably the fourth and fifth best players on your team. And that's why I look at like I don't you know, uh, I talked about this before where I'm like, I wasn't Blake Griffin didn't wow me because I'm. I'm not going to go crazy over the Nets adding a guy who averages 13 points and five rebounds a game. Like that's not the separation for a championship for me, especially when you talk about their big three, but then Mm -hmm. they add LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, and there was talks about them adding Drummond, but I don't think, I definitely don't think Drummond Drummond, is definitely not happening now. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, it's clear cut where he's going, but to add Aldridge, you talk about these are your fourth and fifth best players. These guys, you know, one of these guys are going to come off the bench, if not both. You still both have probably, DeAndre yeah. Jordan. They have Joe Harris. So you look at the Nets after trading for James Harden, their problem, their question was how deep are they going to be? You know, they have about five or six guys who can really play in the playoffs. Outside of that, we're looking at their depth, and we're like, that's going to be a problem. Playing Milwaukee, playing Philly, playing Miami. Like, even though we knew they were more talented, the depth, you know, eventually those guys are coming off the court. You're not going to have KD Harden and Kyrie on the floor for 48 minutes. Now, granted, you're always probably going to have one of them on the court. But even still, that depth, you know, one superstar isn't going to get the job done. We've seen Mm -hmm. it time in, time out. You know, we know they need help. So now they added depth. They have Blake Griffin and Aldridge possibly, you know, more than likely coming off the bench. They're a lot deeper team now. And yes, Aldridge is 35, but I felt like he could have raised the level of play for Miami this year. We're not talking about three or four years from now. We're talking about this year. And with the addition of Oladipo and you add Aldridge, Aldridge still might have been able to come off the bench. Now you're looking at Miami like, man, they're about to turn things around. They've Mm -hmm. been on like a downfall lately. Once they get these guys in, they're going to turn things around. I like what they did. Aldridge could have kept them competitive, but clearly he's not interested in that anymore. He eat. Had a name in Portland. He was an all-star, consistent all-star in Portland. You know, he went and played for Pop, played for a championship coach. Obviously, he didn't win a championship or anything like that, but he's older now. He he feels like it's his time to win a championship before he leaves. He's not playing till he's 40 years old. Who knows? They could win a championship this year, and he calls it quits. Mm-hmm. You know, I got my championship. He's not a guy who has a legacy to defend, but there is a guy on that team. You know, there's multiple guys on that team that do have legacy to defend so you know before i move on i want to get into that what do you think what do you think this says about james harden kevin durant because here's my thing kevin durant won two championships he was the best player on that warriors team but he joined the warriors the the steph curry clay thompson draymond green the guys who went 73 and 9 and lost in you know a seven game series in the nba finals and probably even without kevin durant could have turned around and won a championship again you know it took all-time performance by LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Like, you know, as far as that series, that was one of the best duos, how they played. We've never really seen, you know, that was Shaq and Kobe. Like, that was D-Wade and Shaq. Like, that was Wade and LeBron. Like, you know, Kareem and Magic as far as the duos just dominating to win a championship because that's what Mm -hmm. Kyrie and, you know, that's what Kyrie and LeBron did. Granted, LeBron gets all the credit, but Kyrie played huge in there too. So, KD goes there. Then he goes to Brooklyn. He joins with Kyrie. Okay, 
I love that. You're going to be the best player. You need another star. You know, you need another all-star to make it happen. Let's see if Kyrie, if Kyrie and KD can win a championship. He kind of validates his legacy. See, y'all said I couldn't do it without all this help. But then they trade for Harden. And now you're looking like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's no different. You know, now you have three of the best offensive players in the game right now. You have three top, two top five to seven players, obviously. And then Kyrie, with Kyrie, you have like three of the top 10 to 12 players in the league right now. Then you go and add Blake Griffin when he gets bought out. And you're just looking like, okay, yes, Blake Griffin is more of a name. But still, he's your probably fourth or fifth best player on your team right now. Then they go, you know, yesterday and add Aldridge. And you're like, man, he's probably your fifth or sixth best player on your team right now. You're surrounded by, you know, nothing but talent. We're talking about Harden, Kyrie, and KD. So if the Nets do end up winning a championship, I think this could... The Nets put themselves in a tough spot. The Kevin Durant and, and James Harden, more than anybody else, put themselves in a tough spot because people don't want to validate KD's legacy because of his two championships. And he's going to be an all-time great regardless. But his two championships aren't really validated by essentially the NBA world because of how he got him. But he's still going to be a top 10 to 15 player all time, you know, when it's all said and done. Could sneak into that top 10. He win a couple more championships. Because whether you want to take away from him or not, he's a guy who's an all-time talent. And then he has three or four championships. He's going to get in there. But then if Harden and KD don't win this year, and, and Harden has a legacy that he needs a ring. KD has this legacy that he needs to validate himself with a ring. What do you think happens to their legacy if they don't win a championship this year? It's going to be like when LeBron, Wade, and Bosh lost to Mavs, right? Yeah. And how, like, imagine social media back then. I mean, social media just really got started. Like, so it wasn't as ruthless as it was now right if the lose if they don't get to the finals you know i i think they have to at least get there because you know they still have a you know katie's still banged up Kyrie's Kyrie. you know he's gonna miss some games obviously i don't know if he'll miss it but you know him you know he's yeah. also injury prone to mm-hmm. harden like they had to make that move in a way so it's kind of crazy how like if they didn't make the james harden move they might be you know in that eight, nine, 10 spot. But as far as legacy, it, it's, it's going to be huge. It's, it's going to like Harden is the one guy in that, like it's, that's going to be affected most. It's kind of like LeBron when LeBron went to, you know, nobody really cared about bot. Bosch didn't have the legacy, right? It didn't matter what he wanted to chip or not, but it was LeBron was going to pay with Wade who already won a championship and was All a right. finals MVP. And so how LeBron got crushed, you know, he didn't show up. I think if Harden shows up, like if he has a triple double and and if they don't have KD, I think he'll get killed, but not too much. But if he doesn't out, if, if he doesn't perform and they lose, he's gonna get absolutely killed. And he's done everything in his career. We know that scoring championships, MVPs. You know he probably should have more than one MVP. You know mm-hmm. he's had the number one seeds and all that. He's missing championship and to me this is he's huge for him finals appearance missing like a finals appearance outside yeah. of with okc I mean, yeah and, but, and that doesn't know, really he was, like he was a six man at that yeah. time like outside of okc the one year he's with leading a team and LeBron being, too, like, yeah he's missing the that finals appearance ever since he, he left that. okc and became he needs really this that guy this this will stamp his not stamp his because he still has a lot of years to play where he can add but if he gets this 
you look at him so much different because he's one of the f- players in a league that kind of gets disrespected. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets really disrespected. And it's crazy because he he's really he's a really great player. Like this is something we like he's special. Like yeah. what he does on the court is special and like he gets disrespected. Maybe, you know, other than LeBron, <laughs> it feels like he gets, you know, the most disrespect by by fans and all that, by the casual fans, you know. Mm-hmm. But this will stamp him. If he could lead this team, you know, so kind of like let's and KD got a lot of flack too for going, but he was the best player on Golden State when they won. Like he was the one mm-hmm. in the, the game winners over LeBron. So to right. me, if 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 Kevin Durant was the second best player, if Steph was you know doing what he was doing, I think people would criticize KD even more. But mm-hmm. for Harden, he, yes, they got a big three. But if he's the best player out of the big three and he's the Finals MVP and all that, you can't like you can't you got to give him his flowers because if they lose. You're going, we're going to kill him, but we right. can't, we can't be like, oh, well, he won. Uh, we can't get, you got to, it goes both ways, right? We can't kill but, him for, you know, so. But to yeah. go that route, you know, like, yeah, you give Harden his flowers, but then you look at Kevin Durant and you're like, bro, you, you, okay. You got your first two championships. You were the best player. You were the finals MVP. Yeah. I give him that. You know what I'm saying? At, at least he didn't go when he wasn't the best player. I mean, it was known. Kevin Durant was the best player in the league. He was potential. He was poten- He was the second best player in the league, my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a LeBron fan, but he was one A and one B with LeBron. You know, mm-hmm. I, I listened to people who felt like Kevin Durant was better than LeBron. I didn't think so, but still, it was very close. Like it was LeBron, it was KD, and then to me, it was a gap between everybody else as yeah. far as who the best players in the league were. So yes, KD went. He was a better player, but now if he goes and he doesn't win Finals MVP. Yeah, you got your third championship, but this is what we were talking about. Like, you're going to be looking at Kevin Durant like, see, you left Golden State, you went to Brooklyn, and you you, you and Kyrie, you you felt like you weren't enough. And it's never wrong to improve. I, I don't, you can't beat up on guys for saying, you know what, me and Kyrie are great, but if we can be greater, why would you not? As a GM, that's how GMs keep their job. You build the best team to win a championship. You know, you look at, in all sports, you look at the Bucks. With Tom Brady. Not only did they get Tom Brady and we felt like they could win a championship, but then they added the Leonard Fournette, the Antonio Browns. They brought Gronk out of retirement. Like, mm-hmm. as a GM, if I could make those moves and, and for you know, guarantee my team can win a championship or I could put as much talent as possible within the salary cap, why would I not? So to trade for James Harden was a no-brainer, you know, and granted, you know, you could be mad at KD, but the GM has to make a move because we talk about players, these coaches, these GMs, they have jobs to keep also. And if you pass up on a James Harden trade because you're like, ah, I want KD to build his legacy here. I want him to win it. And if you fail, people are going to look at you and like, bro, if you would have brought Harden in, it would have been a for sure championship. So it's that's an kind easy of my- move. Like I don't like for your Miami Heat, I was like, why didn't Miami make this move or Philly too? Like I, I, I know Philly's having a good season, great season. I still felt like Philly should have made. To me, they would have been so much better with. But James it was Harden. more understandable for. I Philly get it with them with not giving up Ben Simmons. Like I understand, I didn't want to give up Ben Simmons. Yes, Harden is better. Harden I, and Embiid is. And, and, and then you talk about you would have kept Tobias Harris. That was my thought with Philly. Was you talking about Harden? And you Philly still have Seth, Tobias Seth Curry Harris. like. Yeah, you yeah. give up Maxi like to me like when we talked about before Kyle Lowry right you're gonna give mm-hmm. up Maxi and these Ty Thibel, like that doesn't make sense but if we're talking about James Harden now 
That's a different it is ball a big game. difference. But that's, that's we're talking about a, a really good player as opposed to a superstar. Like that's the difference player, in the package right. that they're asking for. And I understand like Doc Rivers, I think for him, he loved Ben Simmons and he felt like, you know, I'm the guy I could take I could make them take the next step together with Simmons and Embiid. And you know, we don't we you you haven't even given me half a season. You know, this was early in the season, and Doc Rivers is like, Yes, I probably would love James Harden, but you haven't even given me any time to make Ben Simmons and Embiid great as a duo. Like we look mm-hmm. at how their potential could be, and we always look at, well, if they don't get it done, who goes, who stays? And I think Doc Rivers wanted that opportunity to take that next step that they weren't getting, you know, from their previous coach. But it's just it's it's so tough, you know, with KD make and he didn't make this move, obviously, you know, the GM did. But adding all this talent around you is like, bro, if you're gonna get murdered, like I hope you know you're setting yourself up to get murdered if you don't win the championship. And then you're really setting yourself up if you do and you don't win finals MVP, you're the guy seeking validation. Kyrie Irving, he has a championship regardless. He's won a championship. He was the second best player alongside Chris Bosch in this situation. He's Chris Bosch. Like, his legacy doesn't really get impacted either or. Like, Chris Chris Bosch is like, you respect Kyrie. Like, we're going to respect Kyrie's greatness. But he's not going to be a guy who jumps in the top 10 players of all time based on winning two to three championships. You know, I don't think legacy-wise and all-time-wise, he'll never pass Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're talking about a guy who's in the same era. He's never going to pass Steph Curry on all-time and as a legacy. So now you talk about, but Harden, if he wins finals MVP, he validates his legacy he won a championship he's the best player on the championship team regardless of what you surround him with but all eyes are going to be on kd because you did all this and you know what got brought up the minute they got aldridge yesterday dang when he tweeted back in 2011 everybody want to play for the heat or the lakers where's the competitiveness and bro you've twice twice you went to the warriors and you that tweet got thrown in your face look oh you, you talking about competitiveness then you go to the Nets. All right, cool. Everybody was good. We wanted to see Kyrie and KD. We want to see what they could do with Karis Avert, Dim Witty, Jared Allen. Like, we're looking at that team like, oh, man. I that like that Joe team Harris. That could be real dangerous with just those two. But then we go and get Harden. Okay, understandable. It's a no-brainer. If I can get Harden, I get Harden. I wanted the Heat to get Harden, so how can I want my team to get them and look at another team and be mad for them making that trade? Even with Philly, as great as Philly was, they make that Harden trade. You're talking about like, oh, man, this could be an unstoppable big three mm-hmm. duo, whatever. But now you you go get Blake Griffin. You wanted Andre Drummond. You go get LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, I'm sure if Drummond said he'd go into Brooklyn, y'all will take him right now. And you just stack the deck on like unequivocally. So if you don't win the championship, people are definitely going to kill you. And, you know, KD is so sensitive and emotional. He's not going to be able to take the criticism let if they lose the championship he's gonna be on twitter he's gonna cry he's gonna need his mom to come defend him and because he's just emotionally unstable when it comes to you know criticism if he was to hear me say this now he'd argue with me right now you know (laughs) and then you know so i just want to go to the last move andre drummond it's projected that he's gonna be a laker you know that to me it makes the most sense and it's like he could go to Boston, but I think when we're talking about turning the tables and we're looking at the moves Brooklyn made, when we're talking about where could Drummond go and really play for a championship, he's only 27 years old. Drummond, I feel like he's been in the league for like 15 years and he's only 27. That's what's crazy to me. It's like he's in his prime years right now. Um, 
But I think when you look at, okay, if I'm getting bought out and I want to win a championship now, Drummond will benefit by winning a championship and upping his value, his, mm-hmm. up his payday after this year being a free agent. So I think the Lakers make the most sense. Now, granted, I think he could turn the tables going to Miami. I think he could turn the tables going to Boston. You know, they kind of both need a center, a dominant center. Bam is a center, but I think he'll be better at the four alongside of Andre Drummond. He could spread the four. He could pass the ball a little bit better. I think him being like a point forward kind of sense with a true big man down there like Andre Drummond, I think that obviously the Miami Heat would benefit with Oladipo. But you're talking about Andre Drummond, and what does is, what is LeBron James do? He gets the best out of anybody. Like, mm-hmm. in a realistic sense, now, some of the younger guys don't, but, you know, you look at guys like, he got the best out of what, what is left of Dwight Howard last year. He got the best. JaVale McGee had one of the best seasons of his career last year with the Lakers all the way until the playoffs, and he started, you know, he had to kind of sit the bench. But Alex Caruso, like, I think he's a name because he plays with LeBron. Like, the way his game is, he fits with LeBron. He's Kuzma is now improving under playing with LeBron. Obviously, it's gotten better, yeah. Kuzma's he gotten the better. best out of Anthony Davis. Like you know, he made Anthony Davis a champion. Kind of the same way Dwayne Wade made LeBron a champion. Came here, showed him championship pedigree. Even though LeBron was the better player, but he brought you know this is championship culture. This is the mindset. This is what it takes. LeBron did that with AD. AD's no better necessarily than New Orleans, but he's on a bigger stage. He's improved every year. But he's on a bigger stage. We get to see him all the time he play for the Lakers. So if Andre Drummond goes to the Lakers like we planned, does that make healthy, coming back healthy? Are the Lakers back to being the overwhelmingly favorite in the Western Conference? It all comes down to health, like you said. If they're healthy, if LeBron comes back and he's healthy, which it's going to – it's listen, LeBron's – you know, he's Superman, right? He, he There's nothing affects him, but a high ankle sprain at 36 years old is a high ankle sprain at 36 years old. I don't care yep. what, how much money he invests. That yep. high ankle sprains are, they are tricky, man. They can linger for months. months? I mean, I, I had a high ankle sprain and I'm just a regular dude, just balling, just playing ball. Like, mm-hmm. I, and that, it took me months to get fully healed because it just right. lingers. Like, it'll feel good. And then you just walk a certain way. You just tweak it a little, little bit and, and it re-aggravates everything. So, to me, that's going to be tough is, like, how healthy is gonna LeBron going to be going to the playoffs and how far are they going to drop in the standings? Like, yeah. right now they're sitting at, what, their four seed right now? They're, mm-hmm. they're behind the Clippers. Yep. So, right now they'll play U- uh, Denver in round one. That's – yeah, you know, Jokic and them are starting to play a lot better. They, you know, they added Aaron Gordon, and they just added Aaron Gordon. Who's listen? I'm not saying Le- Aaron Gordon is going to stop LeBron, but that helps. I mean, Jeremy losing Jeremy Grant, they saw it was huge, right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of had to replace him in some way. It's not the same, but you had to get him like someone that you know that can help defend you know some of the something. top wings. Like, yeah. yeah, something you needed. They didn't have that. Of- they didn't have the no wing defenders. They, they right. don't. You know, Will Barton's not a wing defender. Michael Porter Jr. is. I mean, we might be better defenders on the wing than than Michael Porter Jr. So right. they needed something like that. So for LeBron and these in, these injuries and AD's had a bunch of injuries and right and he was banged up in the bubble. Right, like he lingered his way to the like. Got to give him credit for for just you know manning up and, and doing his thing in the bubble because he was banged up and then early in the seat like with the quick start. He was still banged up, and now you got the injury. Now it's like, 
I worry about the Lakers and their health. And Drummond helps, but the, how much does he really help? Because what he does as far as his rebound and all that, you know, it doesn't – that's not really – to me is a true game changing thing. Now, if, like I said, if LeBron's healthy and, and AD is healthy, it's different, but they're not. <laughs> right. And it's hard to project like LeBron and that high ankle sprain, how long it's going to last and, and AD's injuries. So for me, Drummond, it helps, but I don't know if that puts him over the top. If that's, you know, who's, we got to see what Kuzma, you know, Kuzma have to, to step up more KCP, you know, um, Caruso, Thornton Tucker, you know, Schroeder, they're going to have to step up even more. And to me, without LeBron James and AD, it doesn't matter who they add. Of course. It, it, of they, course. I it's, mean, that's, it's, that's what it starts with. It doesn't with. really matter. Like, and I think, I think you know, one guy that I liked that they were targeting um, on the trade market was Terrence Ross. I like Terrence Ross. I've always liked Terrence Ross. I love Terrence Ross. Like, you know, we all have those guys that when we play 2K – you know, we have those, like, the random guys that you're mm-hmm. just really good with. And, like, mine was Goran Dragic, and then when he was with Phoenix at the time, and Terrence Ross. So, Terrence like, Ross. I've always liked him. Terrence Ross. He was just my my guy. Like, I don't can't explain it, but I just could play with him. And he was he's really good. And I think looking at what he could do coming off the bench, he could score. He's not a 30-point game, you know, but he could get a bucket. He could give you 15 can, points a night. And mm-hmm. that's what you need coming off the bench. He could give you 15 points a night. He's been in the playoffs. You know, he, he's have, he has some playoff experience. He, he was a part of that, you know, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan team, you know, that was in the playoffs. So he has some playoff experience, no championship experience, but true playoff experience, knows what it's like big time. He's played on the same court as LeBron James where mm-hmm. all eyes are on that playoff series to watch LeBron, obviously. So you played when the lights were the brightest outside of playing in a championship and I felt like he would have been a great addition. I don't know what the asking price from Orlando was because there's always for all these players, especially when we're not talking about we're talking about guys who can move the needle a little bit, but we're not talking about Bradley Bills or or Vucevic or you know your All Star players. We're not talking about the Lakers trading for Zach Levine or even Demar Derozan at this point in his career. We're talking about guys who can move the needle a little bit. There is such thing as too much, and if you're asking for a Terrence Ross, you want Schroeder and KCP in a draft pick. That's too much for a Terrence Ross. I mean, yeah. I felt like Schroeder should not have been included in really any trade talks that the Lakers were doing unless it was literally like, we're looking at getting Bradley Bill. We were looking at getting Vucevic, you know, things like that. I don't think Dennis Schroeder should have been involved at all. I think with what he brings to the team, even in a Kyle Lowry trade, I like the, the Schroeder is 26-27. If I do decide to keep him, I have a future with him. Where Lowry, even if he stays a Laker, I'm going to have him, what, for the next two years at, in year, age 36 and 37? That's not – I'm not winning a championship there. I got to start – not only do I got to look at – I'm in win-now mode, but LeBron is not going to be there forever, and I have a superstar in Anthony Davis. So even when I make certain moves, I do got to keep the age limit down. I can't have a team full of LeBron at 36 – you know, he might leave when he's 38, 39. Then I have a Kyle Lowry who's going to leave at 37. Now most of my team with trying to win year by year and getting all these aged veterans, mm-hmm. I have to rebuild. Yes, I have a great rebuilding piece of Anthony Davis, but, like, all it takes is that summer to not get that one superstar to go to L.A., and now you have the New Orleans Pelicans over there in L.A. for the Lakers once again. You have Anthony Davis and a couple – 
pretty good players, but we never, you know, we could get to the playoffs. That's about it. That's not how you want to rebuild when you're talking about winning. Possibly, you know, you could go back to back this year healthy. You know, it's possible. So you don't want to have all these championships, get the Lakers back in championship mode, and then just fall off the face of the earth like they did when Kobe Bryant aged and eventually retired. They just fell off. They were done. It was a wrap. The Lakers weren't a championship team no more. The city of L.A. is back. Obviously, when the Lakers are great, when the Knicks are great, you know, when those storied franchises are great, the Chicago Bulls, when they're great, like, it's just some of those franchises, when they're playing great basketball, the NBA is at its it's it's at its finest. It's it's mm-hmm. winning culture. You know the fan base, and you look at the Lakers and the Knicks. You look at the media capitals of the world. You look at the most prideful fan bases. You look at you know the Celtics championship pedigrees behind their franchises. You know historic storied franchises, and so that's when the that's why the NBA up until now, lately because of all these injuries, the NBA was so great this year because you know we've discussed it. You're a Knicks fan, and I've said it, bro. When the Knicks are good. The NBA is great because New York, the city of New York is back engaged fully into basketball. And even if Brooklyn wins a championship, they're not going to pass the Knicks. There's just, there's too much love from the Knicks. There's too, it's too historic. Madison Square Garden is too iconic for Brooklyn to take over as, you know, the team to love. Maybe yeah. for these younger kids not later happening. on. <laughs> it's not happening. No, but like as far as right now, the stat, like it's not going to happen. So when New York is playing really good basketball like they are, they're in the mix. They're right there in the playoffs right now with the five seed. That makes it great. The Lakers won a championship last year. The addition of LeBron to L.A. a couple years ago, and then they won a championship last year. The NBA is great. The Celtics played in the Easter Conference Championship last year. Like, mm-hmm. the NBA is great when these franchises, the Miami Heat have been a pretty good franchise, you know, for them to play in the finals, you know, South Beach, attract free agents, we're talking about that, like, that makes the NBA, that's what makes the NBA roll, you know, obviously when Golden State and their injuries kind of ruined it a little bit, but, you know, this was a great show, you know what I'm saying, I, it's always great when we talk football, basketball, love to be able to get both in the show, so, you know, before we go, bro, the floor is yours. You know, get give your shameless plugs. Tell us anything you got coming up. Yeah, man. Like I said, always, always dope to chopping up with you and, and talking ball, football, baseball, basketball, everything. It's always, it's always dope chopping it up, talking to you. But yeah, um, uh, you could catch me like uh, follow me on, on social media, off the ball pod, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, check out my show, off the ball pod on. Mondays on Nunta Burnett Radio on Dash Radio uh, at uh, at twelve noon every Monday. Um, check out all the stuff at Off the Ball Network. Like we're doing some pretty cool stuff there. You know, uh, really good stuff. You know, uh, proud of all the guys over there. Proud of you of what you've been able to do uh, and help. You know, build this brand and build Off the Ball Network. It's been it's really it's really cool that we've been able to do something from the ground up so yeah so make sure to go check out all the guys and all their work all the shows we got at offtheballnetwork.com you can um for all your sports needs go check it out like i said social media we have all everything all the links you know all the all the shows all the podcasters we got content creators check out all their uh all the things are coming up there but yeah man this is dope man like i said always fun chopping up with you most so uh thanks for having me on brother yeah 100 percent, bro you know like i said it's always great when we get together um a thing i want to put out there 
is everybody start following, you know, get get locker room and start joining in on those locker room yeah, talks. We have those conversations long are great. Um, you know, been able to link with some guys, but like those conversations become great because it's not the full focus on content as far as it is casual, enjoyable conversation. I mean, you know, last night's, you know, locker room session, we end up going from talking sports to we get to free agent destinations. And that's, you know, we're basically talking about the greatest cities in America and why players should go there and what's there mm-hmm. and what makes it interesting. So it's not necessarily, it's kind of sports talk with no direction in a sense. We want to cover things. We want to get everybody's opinion, but it's just casual conversation. And you yeah. know, when, when you get guys who engage, it, it goes anywhere and you're okay with it. You know, we were questioning, bro, how do we go from talking NBA trades in the college basketball tournament to talking about Disney World, but that's just the type of conversation. Disney World, Disneyland. Yeah, talking about Disneyland, ankle injuries. Like, yeah, it's yeah. So that's you know that's the type of conversation we have. Another way to put out some content and get our names out there. Yeah, we're definitely gonna try to do more of this. Back. Yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe a few times a week. Like you said, it seems like the people who even join, like obviously, if you know locker room and clubhouse, all these apps, you know, anyone can pretty much you know chime in, but. A lot of people enjoy it. They're like, hey, man, these are, this is one of the best rooms because, you know, everyone respectful of each other. Everyone knows when yeah. to talk and all that. It's no that. So, yeah, definitely going to try to do more, you know. Uh, so if you if you do want to come join, you know, it's going to be off the ball. Uh, it's going to go, I think, off the ball late night, I called it. And uh, yeah. just hop in. We're going to try to do one, you know, a couple days, a couple times uh, a week. Try to get one in. And like I said, just come in. We're just going to talk, chop it up. You know, it seems like it's been you know, people enjoyed it. So we're definitely going to do more of this. I mean, yesterday's I think it's like three, four hours. We all, I even realize it's like two o'clock yeah, in the I morning. Like, on, damn. I mean, yeah. Like I ended up jumping <laughs> on, I think like an hour into it. Yeah, and I had yeah. to put my daughter to bed. I was already off for like an hour and a half. I'm like, man, yeah. it's still like mid conversation. I had to leave, yeah, but you yeah. know, and everybody knows where to follow me at up at flames pod, Twitter, Instagram. Obviously, if you're listening, you know, whatever platform you listen on, I appreciate it. Uh, as far as projects in the work, you know, we actually did our mock draft, but because of these trades, because of, you know, guys stock rising, falling, that's going to be the mock draft 1.0. We're going to put out the graphic to allow everybody to see where we went with that later on this week and probably next week, next Friday, every Friday for three Fridays, we're going to do mock draft 2.0. And that's actually going to go lead right up until right before the NFL draft. So that is going to be our official final uh, off the ball network mock draft. That was a great project. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I was able to put you it. You did a good job with it. That was cool. That was fun. Yeah, was fun I was able. I'm, I'm glad I was able to put that together, and I'm glad everybody loved it. Being able, you know, once this graphic comes out, you guys are going to be able to see who who's credited to the picks. It was a lot of fun. Everybody loved being a part of it. You couldn't make one, you know, one through ten, but you were able to make eleven through twenty. So it was always great. So mock draft 2.0 will actually be. We have 1.0. We've had some trades. We've had some moves. There's been a lot of pro days that have came out that might change our mind and some of the guys stock rising and falling. So we're going to go 2.0, and that'll be our final uh, mock draft for the NFL draft. It'll lead right up to, I think, the, a week before the NFL draft. So that'll be something to look forward to. Uh, I have, you know, an interview with Maurice Claret here coming in the next week or so. Been a hard guy to get a hold of. But, you know, respectfully, I wait my time. You know, I have an interview with him. That's going to be iconic and legendary for me because that was one of my, you know, childhood heroes. So I can't wait to do that. You know, I'll so, never forgive Maurice for all too. So, yeah, I can't wait oh. to tell him about, you know, 
you know, his national championship performance. And we actually, you know, oh, one of my good friends is going to envy this, you know, interview. But, you know, like I said, go on offtheballnetwork.com. Check out all our content. We have huge things coming. Shout out to our sponsors. You know, I opened with it. Shout out to Manscaped. You know, use promo code off the ball or up at flames. That is mine. Up at flames is mine. Off the ball is Chris's individual promo code. Get 20% off plus free shipping. If you're not necessarily a supporter of one of us individually, use promo code OTBN. That's for any of your other favorite shows, Cruise Island, Couch Coach Live, Jeff Needs Help. You know, Jeff has been doing a lot of great things. You know, him and Steven have the film breakdown of WandaVision and uh, the Cap the Marvel show. I don't even really remember. The Winter Soldier. Like, I, I haven't watched I don't the know show. the name of it, yeah. I haven't watched... I don't have time to... I haven't had the time to watch any of these shows yet. Yeah, I haven't uh, been watching that show, but they break down that, so they also bring an aspect of guys that were different. We're more than just sports content creators. We have, you know... We, we definitely have interest in other things, so, you know, definitely go check that out. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.